Chapter 99, Amboro National Park, Bolivia. Search for the Southern Horn Curacao. It was gloomy and raining when the bus pulled into Santa Cruz. I took a micro or minibus into the centre and got a room at the Residencial where I had stayed at in August. It had a nice leafy courtyard and a friendly lady owner. I dumped my bag and went straight out to get some breakfast at Pinocchio, a big family ice cream parlour come restaurant. It was a little bit pricey, but it was the only place open, and it was Christmas after all. My friend Toa was in the city, and we met up for Christmas. I wasn't on my own. The day after, I wanted to head up to the Amboro National Park. There were cheap communal taxis for 20 bolivianos, about £2.50, to Buena Vista, where I found a nice cheap place to stay called Residencial Nadia, just off the plaza. I went to the National Park office and told them I was a biologist helping to save Bolivia's wildlife, and I wanted to find some rare birds in the park. The guy in the office called his friend Ramon, nicknamed Papacho, who looked the spitting image of Lionel Richie and apparently knew his birds really well. He was a lovely guy and helped me find a guide. His wife's family were coming and he had to be there to welcome them. The guy he found for me was called Franklin, but he had the nickname Manechi, which means howler monkey. I guess his hair had been a bit red when he was young. There was a 70-year-old English guy called Robin Clark in town who really knew the birds and had helped set up the park. Ramon gave me his number and I gave him a call to see if I could get any information out of him. He said I'd have to cross the river several times to get up to see the birds I wanted to see, and with all the rain over the past few days, he wasn't very optimistic about it. Not good to hear. Well, I could only try. I was met by Manechi, Papacho, and his American wife later in the plaza. She was a nice girl who was one of those Peace Corps volunteers who found love and stayed. She was getting to birds and made quilts of the birds of Amboro, which they showed me pictures of on their laptop. Papacho also showed me some of his photos, which he admitted were not so good. I showed him some of my better ones, and they were all impressed. I said goodbye to the couple and went off to buy a few supplies from the market with Manechi. I was all ready to go by 7am, when I realised my replacement boots, which I'd bought in my few hours in Trinidad, were already falling apart. The whole sole was coming off. I hadn't even worn them yet. I ran across the road and bought an assortment of super glues and other adhesives and gave them a good gluing. Hopefully they'll last me three days. Manechi turned up on his friend's motorbike, which he was renting for $20. It was a bumpy road and with all our equipment loaded on, I had to contort my body somewhat, leaving my back in agony by the time we arrived. We left the bike at a house by the river and crossed over to the other side. It was about six kilometres to the edge of the national park, and from there on we were mercifully under the cool canopy of the forest. There was pretty good birding as we climbed up the Makunyuku Valley, and the scenery was just stunning. Steep, high-sided valley walls covered with lush forest and a crystal-clear river passing at the base. We had to take off our boots several times and wade through, but it was nowhere near as bad as I'd expected. I was told later that it's a fast-flowing river and can rise up, blocking you in, but when it stops raining it usually comes down pretty quickly. We arrived at some cavernas which were more like a rock overhang under which we would sleep. There weren't even any mosquitoes, so we wouldn't even need to stay in the tent. A German guy who'd been in the park for about three days had already turned up with his two guides. They said they'd just seen the southern horn curacaos nearby. It turned out that his guides had been chasing them about endangered species though they might be. Another group passed through and they were going to spend the night in the upper caverns. I had a refreshing swim in the beautiful clear water and we had some nice hot soup for dinner. I felt so alive and close to nature. 
I told Manichi I wanted to stay in the upper caverns too, which were close to where Paul saw the Curacao's. I wanted to get there early too, and was all packed up and ready to leave before anyone else had even woken. The three guides were sleeping next to each other like sardines. I woke Manichi and told him I was setting off, and he said he would follow. I had to wade through lots of water to get up there, and now my shoes were wet and starting to come apart. When I got there, I got directions from one of the guides for the two couples, and set off to look for the birds. The Mirador had a stunning view over the valley, but no curacaos to be seen. I came back for lunch at our new camp. My boots had died, and it was a joke trying to keep them together with bits of string, so I gave up and went barefoot. I felt even closer to nature, but it really tired me out. The two couples and the guy went up to the Mirador, and they saw the curacaos too. I couldn't believe it. I went up and down five times and failed to see them. They told me how easy they'd been to see as well. I was really pissed off. I did get to see oil birds, a kind of weird night bird that lives in caves. The local name is Wacharo, after their loud calls. Walking back the last time to camp in the evening, my legs were so tired. I slipped on a rock, and as I steadied myself, my binoculars swung up and hit me in the head. I'd had enough for today. I can always handle dipping, not seeing a bird. But what I can't abide is failing where so many other people who knew nothing and cared little of birds have succeeded. I'd have one more chance tomorrow morning. I was up at first light and set off barefoot over the little hill and hopping along the rocks in the riverbed, which by now I knew so well. As I got to a little stream at the base of the Mirador Trail, I heard a commotion. Two big blackbirds scampered frantically up from the stream, where they must have been drinking, and hid in a low tree nearby. There was more than one species of crassid in the park, and I had to check that they had blue knobs on their heads. One flushed from its hidden perch and flew across the stream to the other side. I saw its blue protuberance and breathed a big sigh of relief. My number one goal accomplished. The other was still nearby, and as it scrambled up a diagonal dead tree trunk, I reached for my camera. It too flew across, clucking slightly. No picture, no matter. I went back to the camp with a smile on my face, and Manetti and I packed and started a long hike back. Me walking barefoot, but with flip-flops where the ground was flat. Have you ever tried climbing a muddy slope in flip-flops? In the morning I also saw a big pair of green military macaws flying from their roost, another bird on my list. There were two more species I was keeping an eye out for on the way back, the Bolivian recurvebill and the ashy antran, neither of much interest to anyone that's not a nutjob birder on a mission. Well, I didn't see either, but I'll have another chance in Carrasco National Park in January. We came out of the forest and walked through the open land where birds were more visible. An eastern kingbird perched on a dead tree, Somehow I'd missed seeing this autumn migrant until now. I was really tired by the time we got back to the bike, and the ride back to town was hellish. My flip-flops almost flew off several times, and I had to do some serious acrobatics to salvage them. Back in town, I paid Manechi and gave him the remnants of my boots, which he said he would give to his friend with big feet. He said I could get them repaired, but I never want to see the blasted things again. I would buy a new pair in Santa Cruz. I checked back into Residencial Nadia and relaxed for the rest of the day, playing with the owner's son and daughter. I called up Robin Clark too to tell him about my sightings and he said well done. I took an early bus back to Santa Cruz to get back for New Year. I also had a couple of errands to run. One thing I would need as I continued my journey was a pair of sturdy hiking boots. I went first to the market where you'd think would be a good place to buy them, but they were well overpriced and they didn't even have my size anyway. I stumbled upon a store called Ropa Americana by accident. It was great. 
They had an endless range of large sizes, and I bought a pair. My errands out of the way, all I had to do was to find some people to spend my New Year's with. I met an amusing American guy called Chuck and two Swedes. In the evening, we met with some more friends of theirs and went in a big group to a bar in an area called Equipetrol to bring in the New Year. <laughs> 